0: Is a healthy Adalberto Mondesi a draft-date bargain? We'll dig into some of the tougher ranking dilemmas.
1: Like death attacks, dodger Dodgers get the Dodger. I have That's not it. had the three go go-throughs yet. It worked great in a fantasy. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball on 15 for Friday, July 10th. I'm Al Melkier, and I am here to finish out the week with Derek Van Riper. And DVR uh, biggest story in the past day or so is is a good news story. Uh, we can definitely use those. And, um, you know, it also reminds me just how long it's been since we had spring training. Cause, uh, the news is about Adalberto Mondesi and his, um, surgically repaired left shoulder being at a hundred percent that, uh, according to a report from MLB.com's Jeffrey Flanagan. And it seems like ages ago when we were worried about, you know, is Mondesi going to be ready? And when he comes back, is he going to be a hundred percent? And I remember, uh, you know, similar concerns. Uh, about uh, a number of players obviously um in, in that same boat so uh are you convinced then with with this news that um that not only that he's 100 percent, but that he doesn't remain an in injury risk given that Mondesi has missed time in his career um, multiple times with with injuries I think he's pretty
1: risky because it's still a major injury that he's coming back from I think it's easy to have even a small or short-term setback with something like that I think it's probably less likely to happen with the extra three-month break period. Not that he was sitting around doing nothing, of course, during that time, but I think I was more worried about Mondesi trying to be ready for an opening day in March than I am with him being ready for an opening day in July. I think this report just gives me that extra little boost in confidence that I was hoping for, uh, which is harder to find with players when you don't have the typical spring training game settings to use it's just as a measuring stick not that the performance in those games necessarily means a lot but just the participation levels in those games right like being on the same page workload wise as teammates playing on consecutive days like those types of things that you're normally looking for in a regular spring training those are a little more cloudy in a summer camp where the games are inter squad games but that's a long way of saying I do think he's a little bit risky, but I'm definitely moving Mondesi up my board. In fact, I did. I moved him up in the rankings that came out on the site on Thursday.
0: Uh, yeah. In fact, we're going to talk about several of those uh, rankings uh, just a little bit down the line here. But, um, you know, I, I found it interesting because it, it does seem like the consensus is that, um, he's he shouldn't be going as early as Fernando Tatis Jr. They've got, you know, sort of similar profiles. Um, you know, they both uh, have speed, they both have some power, they both strike out uh, a lot more than than the average player does. Uh and yet, you know, there's there's quite a gap in terms of where a lot of people have them ranked. There's quite a gap in terms of uh ADP uh between the two. And as of um right now, uh, Mondesi's ADP on Fantasy Pros is 43, so, you know, he's not going in the first two rounds like, um, Tatis typically is. He's all the way down at 10th among shortstops in ADP. And, you know, it's, it's a stacked position now, so that isn't necessarily as bad as it sounds. But, um, you know, you've got them pretty close together, and, uh, Steamer is sort of, uh, an outlier among the projection systems in that they've got them as, as pretty much interchangeable in terms of roto value. So, you know, what do you think accounts for the difference between how you have these two players and where most of the projection systems have them?
1: I think the difference probably comes from how I'm trying to account for the value of stolen bases, which is unique to fantasy, and it's something that the projections aren't going to fully you know, boost an overall value for, right? A stolen base to us in rotisserie leagues is a lot more valuable than it is to a major league team. So I think that's pretty jarring. I mean, I think the hardest thing about drafting a player like Adalberto Mondesi in the first three rounds is that you look at that slash line from really the last two seasons and you look at that projected slash line and it's ugly and it's not totally unlike what you have to go through with a player like Jonathan VR. but I think one thing that makes Mondesi very different than Jonathan VR, at least different enough to be ranked ahead of him, is that I don't really see a scenario in which the Royals aren't playing Mondesi every single day as long as he's healthy. I still think within the range of outcomes for Jonathan VR, he could play his way into more of a super utility role where he's not an everyday guy, but he's getting a 75 or 80% playing time share instead. It's a low probability outcome, uh, but I think those two guys both actually moved up in my rankings because I think speed is going to be at a premium. I think if you want to get those players and you should want to get those players, uh, they can
0: actually win the category almost single handedly for you in a shortened season. So where do, what what are your expectations for Mondesi in twenty twenty? Um and obviously we're gonna have to talk here in terms of rates because we've got the much shorter season. But you know, there was clearly a drop off from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen. Uh, just in terms of the, the, uh, the slash line. Uh, I mean, can you buy into the, the narrative? We could split, we could spin this a lot of different ways. Uh, but one way to look at it is, well, okay, that shoulder is, is totally healthy now. And maybe he can get back up to the, the 2018 level where, uh, he hit to, uh, 276, slugged, uh, 498. And the X stats were, you know, only slightly off that pace. So there, there didn't seem to be a lot of fluke in that performance.
1: I think where I keep looking at him thinking there's another level is just the fact that he's very young, and I still think the plate discipline. We've seen occasional flashes of something better than what we saw last year. Just comparing his swing rates outside the strike zone from 2019 to 2018, there's a difference of about 5 percentage points. 42.2% last year, yeah, that's a problem. 37.1% back in 2018, that gives me some hope but there is at least a more discerning eye than what we saw last season. And you have to wonder, too, if he was pressing because of the injury last season. Uh, I just think there's rapid growth potential for a player like this. And I I think the, the other expectation that I have for him is that the power actually holds up. I mean, we saw 14 homers in just 75 games from Mondesi in 2018. I think with a healthy shoulder, that's closer to the type of player he's going to be. So I do think you're getting some power to go along with that speed. I think you're almost getting... Trey Turner but with a much worse set of plate skills so uh, the, the rotisserie angle here is, is critically important I think there's a pretty big gap between where I would draft Mondesi in a 5x5 five five roto versus where I would draft him in a lot of points leagues
0: yeah, he's probably, uh, you know, there are a lot of players that are, are very different in those formats. He's probably as disparate in value in those formats as any other player I can I can think of um, for all kinds of reasons. So let's uh, look at a few other um sets of rankings uh, that these rankings are now out on the athletic um you know you kind of g- gave us the heads up earlier in the week that these were coming they're out there now so you've got uh, Mondesi and, and Tatis fairly close together you've also got the top second baseman very close together with Gleyber Torres as your second base uh, number 1 Ozzy Albi is number 2 um Altuve number 3 and he seems to be pretty much the consensus second base number 1 um, so why have you arranged it that way?
1: I'm very projection centric when I, when I set these rankings up. And I think for me with Torres, you're getting a better hitter friendly environment, a little more raw power. I don't think you're giving up a ton in batting average. And because L2, doesn't run nearly as much as he used to, at least I don't expect him to. I don't think there's that much separating those two players there. So that's the that's the difference it's not that much of a difference i mean on the overall list torres is at 22 Albies is at 23 Altuve is at 26 among hitters that you could argue pretty easily any one of those guys it, it, at the first spot and the order is, is almost interchangeable i think with Albies it's just a little more faith in his speed as a younger player compared to Altuve. they're three great players i think the overall takeaway I would have from the second base position is that it's kind of top heavy. There are viable options in the middle rounds and late rounds, but there's a big drop off in talent. Once you get past the first seven or eight or so, if you start counting guys who are eligible, to other positions, it gets a little bit deeper because of that. Uh, but I think there's a few potential stars, the position and each of these guys are capable of staying at that level uh, but for Torres, a little more power. For Albies, a little more trust in his speed. Again, not much of a difference there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in expert consensus rankings or ADP, I mean, they're all clustered together. So not a big deal, uh, really, but you know, if you're trying to queue up one of the three and they're still out there, you know, the rankings do make a difference. Um, couple of players that have been compared a lot, uh, and not just cause they, they play in the same city, uh, Chris Bryant and Johan Moncada. You've got Moncada over Bryant. Um, so what was the, what was the difference maker there? It's probably the stat cast numbers. And I think time will tell
1: if that's something that is a good idea or not, but there's a big difference in how these guys hit the ball. I mean, Yohan Moncada had an average exit velocity of 92.9 miles per hour last season. Chris Bryant was at 87.4. I think there's still some lingering questions about the long-term health of his shoulder, uh, so you look at max exit velo, there's about a four mile per hour difference between the hardest hit balls from each of those guys. Even though Bryant got to uh, a better total of last year, 31 homers and 634 plate appearances, it did take, you know, almost 80 more plate appearances for him to do it. So I think the power is pretty comparable. I think Mancata's batting average floor is not quite as bad as we think, given some of the growth we've seen from him. And you get the little extra nudge from the speed there as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those tough decisions. It's, it happened in the pitcher list mock that we did about a week ago. You, you can look at a position like this and you can see a cluster of like Moncada and Bryant and even Vlad jr. I think Manny Machado kind of goes in the same range for me. You could pretty easily see all four of those guys available when your turn comes up. And if you're in the middle of the draft order, kind of roll the dice that one of the four might make it back to you at the next pick and then just go another direction with the pick in question. And you can also get burned by all those guys being valued very similarly by the people in the room. That's exactly what happened to me in that aforementioned mock. So uh, it is important to have clear preferences in the group. But I think for me, I was taking Moncada's hard hit numbers over Chris Bryant's superior plate skills.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I, last fall I made a, a case for Moncada over Bryant as well. Um, Big big gap in ADP on fantasy pros between the two of them, but um, they're right next to each other in terms of the expert rankings. So maybe that's just a you know a thing that in our community that we uh, you know we're in agreement on that necessarily. the the, the broader fantasy community uh, is not. Um, let's uh, go to the outfield couple of players that you and I have talked about a lot. Particularly, it seemed like back in March and April, we were always talking about Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge because of them having parallel uh injury situations and, uh, you know, both are now reportedly ready to go. Uh You've got Judge just slightly ahead of Stanton. They're back-to-back in your outfield rankings. So it seems like it's, it's a virtual toss-up. I would think in, in my own thinking um, that I, I'm giving a preference to Stanton just because he's been healthier longer. So what does this mean for you that you're – that you're worried about Stanton having another injury, that you think that Judge is all the way back after um a, a broken rib.
1: Well, yeah, I think they're both healthy now. I think Stanton's long-term injury history, which has a mix of soft tissue injuries and some very fluky things along the way, is just a little more concerned to me than Judge's long-term injury history. Uh, both are getting still dinged, I think, relative to their their ceilings, but not nearly as much as they were uh, prior to things stopping. I think Stanton was the bigger mover of the two. I think with Judge, you know, we kind of went on that roller coaster ride from the end of March through probably the early part of June, not really getting much in terms of updates other than he had a CT scan and he's going to have another CT scan. Like that was sort of the pattern with him. And it just seemed like he wasn't really making any progress, but seeing that he has made some progress, he kind of ended up right back where he would have been. If I had done April and May ranks, he would have fallen probably 30 or or 40 spots among hitters, only to move right back up to where he was with kind of the moderate injury risk entering the season. You know, what we thought this injury was way back in January and February Um, I I like both players right now at the price. I think you're going to see ADPs probably tick up on both in the next couple of weeks. I would imagine that optimism is generally shared. And it wouldn't surprise me, Al, if if Judge ends up moving up more than Stanton in ADP. And I could Mm -hmm. end up with a lot more Stanton as a result because I really don't think a lot separates what they bring to the table at this point. And if you look at some projection systems, you see higher home run totals and higher RBI totals from Stanton. I mean, there's a longer track record there to fall back on performance-wise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one last player here, and it's some—it's a player that was really the the focal point of um, our Thursday episode with Michael Beller, Trevor Bauer, um, partly because the Reds set their rotation and partly because there was a report from Bobby Nightingale, the Cincinnati Inquirer, that Bauer Bauer might start every fourth day in the short season. Uh, you've got him 36th, which, you know, really puts you very, very low, uh, within the community in terms of your, your ranking of Bauer. Um, are you just waiting on, uh, you know, further confirmation that Bauer might start every fourth day? Is that even going to make a difference for you?
1: If we knew for sure that was going to happen, I'd probably have to nudge him up. I think the reason he ended up as low as he did for me is I see, Skills wise, I see a lot of the same skills as what we get from Matthew Boyd. I think there's a difference in team quality. Uh, I think the, the ratios, you know, in 2018 were an outlier in a good way for Bauer. Nothing since then has been quite that good. Nothing prior to that was at that same level. And I think when you look at the projections, you see like a 410 ERA, a 127 whip. That was the, uh, the previous projection from the bat, I believe Matthew Boyd's at 403 and 119. And you're getting 10Ks per nine plus from both of these guys, maybe more of a home run problem for Boyd, but more of a walk problem from Bauer. So I think he's one of those guys that, for one reason or another, the fantasy community overrates him a little bit. doesn't mean he's not good. I just think I'm going to miss out because there's a pretty clear difference in terms of how the market values him versus how I value him.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, you've got him as a— you know, three four starter while the community's got him as a is a two three. So uh you, you basically have to be drafting in a, a league with clones of you and me. <laughs> <laughs> to get them, because I'm not that high on them either. So, uh, check out all of DVR's rankings, uh, on the athletic, uh, July fantasy baseball rankings, top 300 hitters, top 200 pitchers, uh, fantastic stuff, DVR. Um, and that's gonna wrap it up for this whole week here on fantasy baseball in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I am Al Melkure. We'll be right back here on Monday.